Hi. Okay. Welcome back to the Elise DeLucci Show. I'm Elise DeLucci, your host, and we are broadcasting live from my living room in Manhattan on the Upper East Side. Today, we're talking about what do you do the morning after you have a big fight with your boyfriend or your husband? You know, this is the worst. You get into a fight at the, in the night, you're sitting on the couch, you're arguing, and the next morning, who the hell knows what to do? Do you talk to them? Do you text them? We're talking about that. We're talking about a sex a deal breaker. If you've been married for 15 years and you're not doing it, is that a deal breaker? Or how about if you meet a guy and he's wonderful and the sex is horrible? Are you leaving? You're staying. We're also talking about the five languages of love. This is something I learned recently. It's a relationship game changer. And also my favorite face mask I found on Amazon a couple of years ago. It's a clay face mask. You're going to love it. So we're talking about all that stuff. Take a sip of your drink. Stay tuned. And I hope you enjoy talking with me, Elise, your bestie. Fact of the day. Do you know your thumb is the same length as your nose? I know. Are you all not picking up your thumb and measuring it against you? I am. Isn't that so funny? I don't know what the reason is. But I read it. I read it on a fact sheet. And I thought, I don't, I don't know if it's evolutionary reasons, but that's the deal. So how are you? How was your week? You know, my week's okay. I got an apartment. I've got a notice uh, slipped under my apartment door um, the other night, and uh, Halloween's canceled. I mean, you know, is that is that a surprise if you live in New York? You know, Mayor De Blasio canceled Halloween. I mean, these poor kids, right? These poor kids. But the icing on the cake was that they slipped a note under the apartment door saying, you know, our apartment is not going to be partaking any Halloween activities. And if you don't live in Manhattan, trick or treating. Uh, and Halloween for the kids is kind of funny because you trick or treat inside the apartment buildings. You know, it's not like you go house to house and get like the king size candy bars. Like you go in apartment to apartment. But in fairness, you can hit a lot of a lot of doors because you know, there's always a lot of apartments on a floor. But uh, and then also kids uh, trick or treat in the, at the stores, which is kind of funny. But um, yeah, it's canceled. I feel bad. I feel bad for my girls. My daughter, my daughters, they're young. And the other night we were in uh, we were in Marshalls and they have the cutest Halloween costumes in there, by the way. If you go to Party City and you look at Halloween costumes, they want like $50 for a pirate costume that looks like it's going to break two seconds. The second you walk out of the door, that pirate costume is dead, done. But in Marshalls, they have the most beautiful costume there. They look like couture costumes. They're like $24.99, which could be expensive for a Halloween costume, but not when you're comparing it to the ridiculous prices that you look on Party City online or in the store. But these poor kids, you know, they're like, mommy, I want to be a mermaid. Yes, my kids have British accents. And it's like, you know, you want to be a mermaid, but where are you going? So anyway, I had this great idea. I'm going to do a party for them in the house. No friends, just us. I'm going to decorate the house, have cobwebs around. I'm going to get Halloween candy. I might have already bought it already. I might have already been half eaten the bag, but that's okay. I'm going to hide the Halloween candy all around the house. They're going to go, go find it like Easter egg thing, but with a Halloween spin, maybe I'll do bobbing for apples. You know, I, I just feel like something has to be cute for them, especially if you have young kids, you know, it's like, that's, that's the magic of being young. What your kids going to, you know, my girls, they're, they're still little, like I said, but what are they going to turn nine? And they're like, Oh, remember that miserable Halloween? We did nothing. We sat on the, we sat on the, the couch and we watched Charlie Brand's big, Charlie Brown's big pumpkin. No, you know, so that's what I'm going to do. I don't know. What are you doing? Is your neighborhood canceling Halloween? Is it on? I'm curious to know. And it's like also, you know, with COVID, like even if the Halloween is on, are you really going to go and take candy from your neighbor? Like, you know, sometimes like these grandmas, they're like licking those plastic bags out of the bucket and then throwing them in your kids, you know, Halloween pillowcase. Like you really, you want that. Do you want that? So you know what I want to tell you? Business casual. Okay. A lot of people are back to work. A lot, if you live in Manhattan, a lot of people aren't back to work. I am back to work. And so if you're back to work, you know, you're in an office. And some of the offices, they're being great right now. They're saying, you know, 
Don't worry about work clothes. Don't worry about a suit and a skirt and pumps and all that ridiculous stuff. Business casual. Or, you know, even jeans and like a shirt that's not ripped. Well, what do you think about business casual but no jeans? All right, that's, that, that, that's a situation I'm dealing with. Business casual and no jeans. I think that sounds like work clothes to me, don't you? <laughs> I mean, like, this isn't working, girl. This isn't 1989. No one's wearing power suits anymore with the shoulder pads. So what do I normally wear to work? When it's normal work attire, I wear it like a tank, a, a cardigan, you know, a modest earring, no hoops with my name in them, and, you know, like a, a pair of slacks, and maybe like a loafers, and a shoe, and or I'm wearing a skirt and tights and a turtleneck or something. That's what I wear. And guess what I'm wearing now for business casual? The same damn thing. Business casual. But it's like, why not jeans? Why aren't you letting us wear jeans? I didn't want to ask. I don't want, I don't want to have balls like that. But it's like, what do you think? We're going to show up in like Jinko jeans? Remember those skater jeans from like the 90s or early 2000s? Or wait, you think we're going to come in with Home Depot style jeans with like the hammer, the hammer hanger on the, on the side? Or like cargo jeans? Like, like you know, it, it's ridiculous. It, it's so ridiculous. Like, I, I, wanted, I wanted to say to my job, newsflash, newsflash, you could get a gorgeous pair of jeans at the Gap, a dark wash, a, a, a boot cut or a cigarette slim sort of pant with a ballet flat and a blazer and a nice top, you're done. You look gorgeous. But you know what? You, you, can't, you, you can't complain with the person that's signing your paycheck. I learned that the hard way. So I don't know if you're doing business casual. And by the way, by the way, again, curious to know about your neighborhood, but in my neighborhood where I live, the dry cleaners are closed. So it's like, how do you expect me to wash these pants from Banana Republic that I have to wear on our business casual work, if for business casual working? Like, shall I get out my washboard <laughs> and wash them? I mean, my dry cleaners not even open. It's a pandemic. Cut us a little slack, you know? Anyway. So you have a boyfriend, a husband, or you've been in a relationship. You know, it's inevitable that people get into fights, right? It's healthy to fight. It is healthy to fight. You know, I had a therapist once that's like, it's not healthy to fight, Elise. It's not healthy. I'm like, oh, give me a break. If you're not fighting, please, please. It's completely healthy. But it's like, I think that what you what happens when you have these massive blowouts and then the next morning, it's like awkward, you know, especially if you're not married. Like if you're not married, if you're just dating and you're hanging out and you pause the movie because something's annoying you and you tell the, the, the person, the guy, and then all of a sudden it turns into a two-hour debacle and then he storms out or, or just everything blows up, however it winds up ending. The next morning when you wake up, you know, in your bed, obviously by yourself, it's like, well, what do you do? Do you text him, hi, sweetie? You know, or, oh, I'm sorry. And, you know, it, it, I don't know. But, you know, what I, what I do know is that what happens during the argument, what's said during the argument is just as important, I think, as what happens after the argument. Like, I, you know, you could, if you're, if you're going to be respectful during the argument, which you should be respectful, I think after you should, you should also be respectful. If you're going to be a fucking bitch during the argument, I'm not saying you should be a fucking bitch after, but I'm saying, you know, I think that what happens after the argument is, is, is almost as important because you don't want to give somebody the cold shoulder, you know, for days. It's miserable. You know, if, I mean, you know, if you're in a mature relationship, I don't know. But someone told me, a girlfriend told me she had a really cute thing that she does if, when she gets to an argument with her boyfriend, if, ha, hilarious, she's an argumentative troll, that one. I love her, but she argues with everybody. So she said, if I get into an argument, at least this is what I say. I'm like, yeah, you're like pulling his hair out every night. Who are you kidding? Anyway, it's like, she says, she told me, she says, she says to him, she'll text him, you know, I just want to check on you. I don't know if you're ready to talk. 
but when you are, you know, I'd love to reconnect and discuss or put an end to it. And I think that's a really nice thing to say. I'm going to use that. I haven't used it yet, but I think like the, I just want to check on you, see how you're doing. Do you want to talk? Are you okay? You know, let me know when it's, when it's good for you. And that's if you're instigating the argument, you know, or you know, you know, so you're, it's that time of the month and you're just going at it like a wild boar. Like if you're doing it, you know, you have to send that kind of text. Now if they do it, I don't know, that's a different story. But I think that after the argument, letting your partner know that you love them, you know, you're still there, acknowledging that the fight's temporary and, you know, you're still committed to the relationship and you're still moving forward in the relationship. You just had a little blip. It's normal, right? I think if you kind of phrase it like that, I think that that's good. Like, you know, I mean, I I, I didn't have the best... um, arguing skills when I was married, you know, I'm divorced, right? And um, I didn't have the best arguing skills. And it's not that my, my ex and I weren't educated. Look, we went to therapy, we did everything, but it's like, it, 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 we, we had those kind of combustible personalities. Now, you know, in new relationships, I've learned, and as I got older and as I read and I go to therapy on my own, it's that it's really like being precious about your relationship. Like it, it's just like, you know, if you love somebody and they love you, it's like, a, it's a beautiful, it's really like a beautiful thing. You want to, you want to be, you want to be nice about it. I'm not saying you can't rip his effing head off because he's like being a jerk to you sometimes. Yeah, you can. But I think after to like, you know, put the bandaid on and just say, it's all going to be okay. And that's over with, you know, move on. I think it's good. So I was reading about really like what experts say about what do you do the morning after? And they say that you should communicate sincerely and always that's always obviously key to happy and healthy relationships you ask any couple that's married for a thousand years they'll tell you communication is what kept them together the the experts say avoid giving the other person the cold shoulder don't prolong the fight i am i am at fault for this you know like if the fight happens in my house you know, and, and it doesn't get resolved next morning. Oh, I'm up. I'm up like a bad girl. And I'm right back at it. I want to know what you said last night. Tell me. I'm going, I'm crazy. But you know, it's like, you can't do it. I don't do that anymore, but you can't prolong the fight. They also say when you're arguing or even the morning after the argument, like think about the good times. Like think like, oh my God, like we went to that amazing Broadway show, you know, six months ago. Or, oh my God, he, he wrote me this beautiful card, you know, for Valentine's Day. Like think about those good times and think about why you love him. They say also to see things from their point of view. I know that that's hard. Sometimes that's hard for me, especially depending on what you're talking about. You know, if you're really talking about something heated and you really feel like you're standing your ground, that's hard. And, and they say, acknowledge, acknowledge that you're part of the argument, you know, acknowledge that you're part of the argument. And I think that, um, that's something that I work on. You know, it's like, if we get into an argument and even if he's the one that instigates it and I'm still participating, like the next day, if we talk about it, I have to say, you know, like, listen, I said X, Y, and Z, or maybe I wasn't, you know, maybe I didn't have a great reaction when, you know, you sort of came at me. I think that acknowledging that you're there, it, it lessens the blow, you know? I did read though that you're not supposed to just apologize. When I was young, I was pathetic, you know, I'd write, you know, the next morning I'd be texting. Well, I don't even know, not, I don't know how long ago, how young I was, because I don't know if texting was around, but it was like, I'm not ancient, by the way. But it's like, you know, I, I would be like, I'm so sorry. Oh my God, I love you so much. I'm so sorry. I mean, oh my God, like, I never want to argue with you again. Meanwhile, it was like, never my fault, you know? But they say, don't do that. Like, they say, if you want to say sorry, just say sorry for like one specific thing, one little thing. Don't give him the whole freaking sorry show. Like, he doesn't need that, you know? Anyway, let's talk about sex, right? My mother's going to hear this. She's going to be like, what the hell are you doing talking about sex, Elise? And it's not like I'm talking about bondage and anal toys. I mean, that's a whole other thing. I mean, we could talk about that another day. <laughs> Sorry, mom. But 
Is that a deal breaker? Is sex a deal breaker in your relationship? Like sex without lust? What about sex without an orgasm? I know. I'm, uh, I know you're cringing. Just please get over it. You know what? I, I read this thing and I think it's good. I want to say it says, it says sex is 10% of a good relationship and 90% of a bad one. Meaning, obviously, is that if the sex is good you, and you have a great relationship, it's, you know, you know, it's not everything. You're like, ah, oh, yeah, the sex is good. Oh, you know, there's other things we can work on. It's only 10% of the relationship. But if the sex is bad or, or there's a lack of sex, it becomes 90% of the relationship. And of course it does. Of course it does. Because if you have shitty sex or you got some bum that's not looking to get it on, all of a sudden, you're fixated on it. Then you sit in at girls' night, and you, you're talking to your friends, and they're talking about all these escapades, how they got their groove back if they had their baby, and you're sitting there thinking, the last time I had sex was, oh, I don't know, 2002. Like, and so I, I get that. Sex is 10% of a good relationship, 90% of a bad one. In my past marriage, we had issues in that department. Listen, and he was a great guy. I'm not, I'm not just saying that. He really was a great guy, but we just, I don't know how compatible compatible we were in that department like there, there we had listen we had good times but but our sex drives changed at time as times went on and um and that's obviously because women have a higher sex drive than men you know men hit their sexual peak i think at like 17 and women are like 35 and swinging from the chandelier trying to be a burlesque star you know <laughs> like where's my crotchless panties and the guy's like ew because he's so over that but i guess that's why older women try to get with younger men but my point is is that when i was married we had those problems. I wanted to do it more than he did. You know, um, I was more up for adventurous things than, than he was. And again, great, great guy. But, but it, it, that, that was a problem. And I did become fixated on that. I did. Every time we got into an argument, I was terrible. F what I just said about all these argument rules. When we would get into an argument, I'd be like, yeah, and you don't even want to F me. You know, and I would say, fuck me, but you know, I mean, I'm sure my mother's listening. So, you know, it's like, and, and that, that would end all because it's all resentment. You know, and, and some couples, some couples are, are great. Like they, they just have a great sex life and, and they, they, they have just no issues in that department. But, you know, one of my best friends um, says, my best friend, Stephanie, hi, Steffi, if you're listening. But she always says, um, she's like, you know, one of these girls, she's wise beyond her years. We're the same age, but wise beyond her years. And she says, sex is the glue that keeps a relationship together. And I really think that, like, do you think that? Because I, I do. I think if you guys go off in your day, and you go to work and you do all the shit you gotta do and then you come back home at night and even if it's a couple times a week, you're doing the do, like it brings you back together. They say it's the glue that keeps you together. And you know, I think Stephanie heard, I think she heard that from one of her older relatives. And I, th I think it's, I really think it's brilliant. And they say it's because sex, it builds a bond, it builds the intimacy, passion. And when you have a sexless marriage, like it can create intimacy issues. And I'm not gonna sit here and say, I had a sexless marriage, cause you know, whatever. But if you do, I'm very empathetic towards that. And I, I, I really, I really, really feel your pain. And I'm not saying that I'm saying, cause I've like been there, done that. But it's like, when you don't have sex often or the man doesn't desire you like that often, um, you know, I just think that you start to think, well, maybe it's me. Like, is there something wrong? And I gotta be honest with you. Like when I got divorced, you know, I, I was like, I'm getting plastic surgery. That's it. Because I didn't have that kind of, um, but nobody was lusting after me. You know, my husband was lusting after me. I don't know what men thought around my office, but you know, my husband was lusting after me. So then I thought, of course, something's wrong with me. And I'm not an insecure person. I think it just breeds insecurity. No sex breeds insecurity. And, and, and by the way, so it's like, it's like, so, okay. So, and not even by the way. So it's like, here's the thing. So would you stay 
in a sexless marriage? Like, would, would you stay? You know, I remember when I was talking to my mother about, um, you know, divorce and I said, told her what, what was going on. And she was like, sex isn't everything, Elise. It's not everything. And I'm like, no, it's not everything. But to me, I, it's like actually important. And I'm sorry. I don't want to, I don't want to walk around dried up, dried up Venus flytrap, you know, desperate for sex, like from anyone. Like, no, it wasn't, it, it wasn't, it was important to me. Would you, would you stay in a relationship like that? And if you're not married, by the way, fuck it, because there's tons of men. Who gives a shit? You could go find anybody. But, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, when you have, when you, listen, when you have kids and they've gone through college and they're older and you have your house and your house is almost paid off or you have your apartment they've been renting forever and it, you know, and you have all the 30 years, you know, 30 years deep and then the sex goes, well, fine. Then, you know, then, then go take a sex class together. I get that. And I don't think then you should leave in that case. But I think if it's a, young relationship, not a marriage, or if it's a young marriage and you're really having problems at the apartment, life is short. Like that is an awful and resentful way, in my opinion, to spend your days. Like if you're a sexual person and you want to have some fun with your spouse, cause you can't have fun with other people. You, 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 you told, said your vows. That's it. You're done. This is the person you're doing to do it for the rest of your life. So why wouldn't I want to do it then with you? You know, it's that I would become resentful. I did. And you know what? And then they say, if, if you if you become resentful because of sex issues, that also then has a trickle-down effect. It affects the kids. And then you start to spend less time in the house because maybe you're filling the void of sex with other things. Maybe you're eating too many disco fries at the diner. By the way, French fries with mozzarella and gravy. If you never had them, get them delicious. You know, I said at the diner too long. Maybe you're going out shopping. You spend too much time in TJ Maxx because you're just trying to fill that void. It's like, and it's like nothing's going to fill the hole. You know, but they say it has this trickle-down effect. It'll affect the kids. Next thing you know, you're forgetting dog walks. You know, so for me, for me personally, I can't do it. Maybe you can. Um, and I don't think that makes me like, you know, I don't think that makes me shallow or, or you know, like, I don't, I don't even remember shallow or superficial, but you know, someone would be like, oh, there's more to life than sex, darling. And you know what? I know what? Yeah, there is. There is more to life than sex, but I also want some dirty, some dirty dog fun. Why shouldn't we have that? You know? Anyway, do you guys know about love languages? You know about this? I'm new to this. I, I feel like you probably know it. Everybody I mentioned this to know that. Tell them, what's his love language? They all know about this. I'm, I'm totally new to it. So there's this guy, Gary Chapman. He wrote this book. And I, I, I have it right in front of me. Let me grab it. It's, it's called The Five Love Languages, The Secret to Love That Lasts. If you go on Amazon, you can get it on Amazon. It's like nine bucks. Um, the Five Love Languages, The Secret to Love That Lasts by Gary Chapman. It's a New York Times bestseller. It's a thin book. It's an easy read. And basically what it is, if you don't know, it's like we as people, as humans, we have five love languages. Everyone, there's five love languages that exist according to Gary Chapman. And everyone has one or more of these love languages. And his theory, which I completely am sold into now, completely, is that once you know your love language, and once you know your partner's love language, your relationship becomes so much easier because you know which language they're speaking to express their love. So it's like, these are the five love languages. Words of affirmation, that you need to be told things, you know, hear things a lot. Words of affirmation, quality time, number two. Receiving gifts, number three. Number four, acts of service. And number five, touch. And I mean, I feel like everybody could. I'm all of them. I'm all of those things. But 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 think about it. Like for me, 
number one, words of affirmation. I Listen, I'm a talker. Clearly, I'm doing a podcast. I'm a talker. I like to talk. I want to hear things back to me. I don't want you to sit on the couch and grunt, you know, and that's like, that's how you show your love for me. No, I, I, if you know that I like words and that's one of my love languages, I want you to use your words and talk to me. And even if I have to talk, to, I'll tell you like a toddler, use your words, tell me how you feel, tell me that I look pretty. I want to hear it. It, 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 and it doesn't have to even be talking, by the way, that like words, like words of affirmation. It could be um, like let them leaving you a voice message or writing you a note or sending you a cute text. It's just some sort of, you know, written verbal, you know, you know, word communication Two, quality time. And, and they say for this one, it's Gary Chapman says that it's just about giving your partner 100% undivided time, 100%, you know, undivided attention. No TV, no cell phones, no texting, no TikTok, no nothing. Just you guys together spending time one-on-one. And I think that everyone likes that, in my opinion. I think that that's important, of course, for a relationship, especially as life goes on and there's all that that noise that goes on with it. But um, quality time, I know, is important for a lot of women. But I also think it's important for men because a lot of men feel like if they're there, men feel like, well, I'm there. Well, now, just because I didn't tell you that you look gorgeous, I still was there. It's like, just because they think that they're there. I don't know why all of my voices sound like a caveman. It's probably because I'm Italian, but that's besides the point. But I, you're a meatball slinging t-shirt wearing caveman. Anyway, not my boyfriend. He, he's not like that. He's great. But it's like um, quality time. A lot of men feel like that, you know, if they're there, that, that they're, they're like showing you they love you. But they don't, might not know that, that that's not your love language. So then there's wires crossed. So then you're like, you don't, I don't feel like you love me. And he's like, yeah, well, I do because I was there. And you're like, no, that doesn't ma- matter. And if you knew that words of affirmation were your love language, you say. So anyway, number three, receiving gifts. I like presents. I don't care how that sounds. I don't give a shit. I know that sounds crazy. Look, I could go into CVS and buy myself a box of Russell Stover chocolates. I could go to Macy's and buy myself something if I want. But I think it's cute when the guy gives you a little present. It doesn't have to be much. It could be a box of ho-hos or better yet, funny bones because those are hard to find. But if you just come over or we're married and you just come home with a little something for me, I think that that's so nice. It's kind of like the action speak louder than words version, right? You know, and it's not doing things. It's giving you a little something. And even again, same thing. Even if they're coloring a picture in the coloring book, it's that, it's that giving. I, I like that. Number four, acts of service. This is another guy one, you know? Some women are like this too, particularly in the kitchen department. They're like, well, if I, I show my love through food. I know that I show my love. I know the way I demonstrate my love for the man is, is through cooking and, and doing that stuff in the kitchen. So it's like, I know, but I, men also feel like that. Men feel like they show their love for women, a lot of men, by doing things. They're like, they're like oh, you need me to screw anything in? You know, like, oh, you need me to WD-40 your sliding glass door? Like, one, they, they do that, and they feel like they, they, they're so ridiculous, guys. Isn't it ridiculous? That, 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 that gives them a little pat on the back. Like, oh, yeah, you're a big, strong man, aren't you? And, 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 you know, and they're also doing something for you, but it's that big, strong man, yay, but they're also doing it for you, and that's how they show you um, that they love you. Like I was dating this guy once and he was just completely, I don't even know what the hell he was doing. He just, he, he, he was insane. He, <laughs> he, he was insane. I, he didn't ever give me anything. God forbid the guy paid for a cup of coffee. I don't even know what I was doing with him. I think I was just lonely. I don't know. But, but he did help me fix a few things a couple times. And, and when we broke up, he's like, you're why breaking up with me. I don't understand. And I was like, listen, I'm not breaking up with you. Like we could still be friends, but I'm, I, I was like, I'm sorry. 
you know, I don't feel like you, you know, you're into me and, and I'm not really into this way about you. And he was like, what do you mean I'm not into you? Like I do things for you. And I'm thinking, is that, is that how you show me? Cause that you're not, we're not communicating. So acts of service. And then the last one, physical touch, number five, this kind of goes back into the sex thing. It's not physical touch doesn't only mean, you know, sex, but physical touch. Are you the kind of person that needs to have your arm around you? You know, the guy has to have his arm around you. It's for you to know that, for you to know that he loves you. I'm not, I'm not really like that. Like if we're watching the Titanic on the couch and you're sitting next to me and you're putting your arm around me for the next three hours, I'm going to buff all over. <laughs> I like, I'm, I'm so done with you. Like I, I just, it's too much for me. It's just too much. I do. I like touch. I like the occasional cuddle, but whatever. But the point is, is that Gary Chapman, the author of the book says that everyone expresses love differently and you can, you can sum it all up into these five different buckets of how people express their love. And if you're aware of the other person's love language and they are aware of yours, it can help you and them understand the relationship better. And, and, I, and I like it. The book is good. I think that you should get it. The, the cover is hideous. I mean, by the way, I'm looking at it. It's, it's a purple cover. You're going to go on Amazon. You're like, is this the book she was talking about? It looks like, it looks like a, a, no, a, you know, like a fiction novel from the 80s. It's a cover with a purple cover, faded sunset, couple holding each other in the love, lover's embrace. So nauseous. But um, the, the book is good. Um, I recommend it. So, okay. Let me tell you about this product. I don't know if you know this. Do you like face masks, by the way? Face masks? I love face masks. I don't do them a lot. As I got older, I don't do them a lot. But when I was younger, I used to love them. I used to do an egg white face mask. Did you ever do that? You know, you crack, you just take the egg whites and you put it on your face and, and, and let it like dry up and then you, you know, wipe it off and your face is like kind of taut. I used to like that. Meanwhile, 12, like who needs a taut face, but whatever. So anyway, I, I like to buy masks from time to time, but the older I get, I feel like they're just expensive. You know, I, the drugstore stuff, I don't know how much I trust. And then someone told me, a friend told me about this mask on Amazon called Aztec Secret Indian Healing Clay. I know, it sounds a little hokey. It's not, I swear, it's not. It's one pound. It's a one pound tub of powder. I have it in my bathroom. In fact, I can't even, I have to have it under my sink because I can't even keep it in my medicine cabinet because it's so big. It's one pound of this um, grayish greenish powder. And, and, you know, you mix it with a little water. I mix it with water. Or they also say mix it with a little apple cider vinegar. And you only need like the tiniest little amount, like a teaspoon, a tablespoon. Even. You know, and you put, and you put it on your face and, and, it, and it dries, it obviously dries and it hardens. And I swear to God, I swear to God, my pores shrink to nothing. And I, I, I'm not kidding you. If you, when you go on Amazon, you find this thing, Aztec Secret Indian Healing Clay. I'm, I'm literally looking at it. So you could Google, like put it in there. No, you're going to see, there's like 10,000 reviews for it. I, I swear, 10,000 reviews. Everybody's loving this thing. Apparently it's been around forever and it's cheap and it's cheerful and it makes a great gift. I think it's so cute. If you have to get your girlfriend a little something for her birthday, or if you're having a little bachelorette party, you know, and you want to do something cute for the girls, you're having a little bachelorette sleepover, get a few tubs of this, put a little bow on it. How fun is that? Honestly, I, I really love this. And, and I have big pores. It's not something I like. I do not like this. I go get, if I go, I don't go to get a facial often, but if I do go, I'll go to this place, Mario Badesco in the city, which I really should stop going there because I feel like they do extractions and like it hurts and all this stuff. I should have more of a relaxing facial experience. But anyway, they make good products though, Mario Badesco. But, um, so if I do ever get a facial, you know, it's like, I, I go and I say to the lady, I, can you do something about my pores? And she's like, no, unfortunately I can't. Like, you know, you're born with the pore size. Sorry. As you get older, like they get larger, we can't do anything. Um, but this mask, when I use this mask, it shrinks my pores. 
I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. You, you gotta, you gotta check it out. Okay. So I think with every episode, right, we're doing questions from the audience. You know, so a few of my TikTok girlfriends, they sent in some questions. I pick them at random. I do my best to answer them. So two questions. Question one, <clears throat> I have two boyfriends <laughs> after my divorce. Divorce. Why not? Right. So she's asking me if she should have two boyfriends after the divorce. Of course you should. Of course you should. How long were you married for? I don't care if you were married for two minutes or 25,000 years. I think you should have all the boyfriends. Why shouldn't you have a hotation? Why shouldn't you have it? I talked about this on TikTok once. Apparently, apparently the word hotation is like, has been said before, but it, I like, felt like I invented it once. I, you know, isn't that funny? You're like, I invented this. I invented the spork. And you're like, no, no, you didn't. Like, we had sporks in elementary school, crazy girl. <laughs> but I woke up and I was like, There's, I'm going to have a hotation. And it was like a rotation of men, like my man hose. <laughs> I didn't do it, but like, I thought of the idea. Um, why shouldn't you have a hotation? Really? I think that if you have, <clears throat> if you've gotten divorced, whether it's a good divorce or a bad divorce, you deserve to have some fun. You need to go into a slutty phase. I just did TikTok about that today. You slutty phase, get, get, whatever, have a great time. And I, I think that like a lot of guys do this. You know what's so funny to me about guys? I feel like you're going to agree with this. Hear me out on this. I said to someone I was dating, oh, how many girlfriends have you had? And he said, four. You know, he was, um, I don't know, maybe he was like 45 years old. And he said, oh, four girlfriends. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, that, that's great. So they were all like pretty significant relationships. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Then as we would say that, he'd refer to all these broads he went around with, this girlfriend, that girlfriend. So I said to him one time, I thought you only had four girlfriends. And he's like, oh, they're all kind of my girlfriends. You know, it's like I have four big relationships, but I really refer to them all as girlfriends. So what he was doing was he had his whole rotation calling all of them his girlfriend. F you. So you know what? You go on and get your two boyfriends after your divorce. And, and, and you know, I don't even know if you need to tell him, but if it's... It, fuck it. I would just fucking have, do whatever you want. Have a great time. Who cares? If you've been through divorce, you know, it's a ringer. And even if not, by the way, if you are coming from one of these relationships where you've been dating for a long time, or the guy's a horror, go out and have a hundred boyfriends. I love that. So question two, at work, I've been passed up for a promotion for years now. What do you think I should do? So, um, I don't talk about this on TikTok ever because I'm always afraid if I talk about my job, I'm going to get fired. So I, I can't really talk about my job. Um, but I, I do, I have a corporate job and, um, and I, I have to mask my accent, which is like, so around the office, I talk like this, <laughs> which is so fucked up, but I do because I can't, because they'll fire me if I, I sound like I just crawled out of fresh kills, the, the closed landfill from Staten Island. And I'm from Staten Island, so I could say that, but. Anyway, but I do have a corporate job and, um, and through, the, and I was always really ambitious and through the years I, I always worked, tried to work myself up the ranks. And there was a lot of times that I didn't get the promotions or the raises that I felt like I should get. And, um, and I though was funny when, when, if I was going for a promotion or a raise, like say two years in a row and I didn't get it, I left my job. And I'm not saying, and I, I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily saying you should leave your job because on your resume, you don't want to be a jumper. You don't want to have, you know, job for two years, job for one year, job for six months, another job for two years. Cause they know they, they're not stupid. These HR people, they know that you're just chasing them for the salary. You jump from a thing or, or you have an issue. You just keep losing your job. Um, but if you, but so I'm not recommending that, but I did, I did, I did do that. If I went for something for a couple of years and I really didn't get it, 
and I felt like there was some sort of injustice, like, you know, Susie in the cube next to me got the raise. And I know, cause I heard her on the phone with her grandmother and I didn't like, I, I, you know, I just started looking quietly. So I think it depends, you know, my question to you, I would like throw it back to you kind of like, how long have you been at this job? Do you love this job? Do you feel like you have a work family with this job? You know, do, does it, do you feel comfortable? Like when you go there and you have your little like cute, you know, like sand Zen thing on your desk and you have all your stickers around your computer and you're comfortable there. Like, do you like it? Do you love what you're doing? If you love what you're doing, maybe a promotion's like not the end of the world, not to get it. Right. But, it, but if you don't, if you're not like head over heels for your job that you're doing in the, in the now, and you have your eye on the prize of a bigger job and you keep getting shot down for it. Cause you say I've been passed up for a promotion for years now. I think you probably should start looking around quietly. Not now though, not now in COVID time, because because this you nobody should be looking around in COVID time. If we all have a job, we got to hold on to it for dear life and and prove yourself. Prove, even if you prove, even if you you've been there for a long, long, long time and you you're, you're a valued employee, I feel like in this time you get to work even harder, um, because jobs are so so valuable. And there's so many Americans that are unemployed. It's, it's it's terrible. It's really really terrible. So I. I would say if it's not COVID time, I would advise you to look around. Um, but uh, during this time, and I would say probably for the next you know, year or two, I, I, I would probably keep a low profile and drop the promotion thing. But anyway, okay. So we're closing that with a quote of the day. This, I love this quote. You know, Katie, Katie Corrick, she's so cute. You know, um, she's on the news and everything. Anyway, she, she does, has this nice quote. Listen to this. You can't please everyone. And you can't make everyone like you. And I love that. You can't please everyone and you can't make everyone like you. That's a great quote, right? Like, how many times are we trying to make people like us? In the workplace or that guy, you know, you're trying to make him like you. Why don't you like me? Maybe if I dress more like a gothic, you know, girl, you'll be more intimate. No, no. There's someone for everybody. Or there's groups of people for everybody. I love that quote. Anyway, so... That's all for today's episode of the Lisa Lucci Show. Thank you for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your mother. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, the Elise Delucci Show, or on Spotify, the Elise Delucci Show, so you never miss an episode. And by the way, listen to it on the way to work. If you're cooking in the kitchen, put it on. It's like I could be like your neighbor. It's like you could pretend you live in Manhattan and I'm your neighbor and we got our windows open and we're talking. But anyway, stay tuned. Stay tuned for next week's episode. If you want more, you want more Elise, which is hilarious to make. I was bullied growing up. Who wants more Elise? Anyway, but if you want to talk to me more, I'm on Instagram. I don't, I'm not like so huge on Instagram. You can follow at Elise Delucci on Instagram. You can go to my website, EliseDelucci.com. I never update it. Or you can follow me on TikTok at Elise Delucci. And I post TikToks all day long. So anyway, thank you for listening to, thank you for listening to me, to me, to me, to me. I love you. And I hope you have a great week. Bye-bye.